Welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 18, everyone's favorite retro gaming podcast. Um, as always, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Go ahead and leave us a review on those platforms. And for all things Weekend Rental, you just go to weekendpodcast.com. I am joined, of course, by Andy. Hey. And Justin. Hey, everyone. And I forgot to mention my own name at the top of this one, but I'm Ryan. That's me. Um, so let's get right into the opening segment, uh, Byron Burn. That is the segment of the podcast where we all select a game. We play them individually and we make decisions as to whether we would buy, rent, or burn each individual game respectively. Now, the system of choice this episode is the NES. Um, Andy has gone with Kickle Cubicle. Justin has gone with Jimmy Connors Tennis. And I've selected Monster in my pocket. Um, so what we'll do first is we'll go back and listen to a little bit of a description on each one and just kind of talk through our thoughts. Um, so let's start things off with Andy's pick, Kick, Kickle Cubicle. Uh, this was released in 1990. Description on this one. The kingdom's covered with ice and it's likely to stay that way unless Kickle saves the day. The wicked, wicked wizard king... Uh, came to the Fantasy Kingdom and covered the four lands with ice. Now armed with his freezing breath, Kickle sets out to save his friends. Join Kickle as he attempts to rescue the kingdom from this puzzling predicament of perpetual winter. I, I, It's more a uh, story than probably what the game leads on, but I, I'm glad that you were the one that had to go out there and pronounce definitively how you say this game, this name, because... When I was younger, I always thought it was like Kickle Cabickle or something like that, just because it had to rhyme with Kickle. But that could that might be. I, Am I going to get hate from the internet now? Did I officially? I, do I, this I don't wrong? know if there's a. a di- I don't think there's like <clears throat> a exact way you're supposed to say it. I don't know. I kind of like Kickle Cabickle. Not going to lie. I mean, I I did, I played the game for quite a while. I didn't see any cubicles, so. Or maybe it's That's like part of it. Italian. It's Kickle Cubicle or Pig Latin or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is <laughs> that actually Italian? <laughs> <laughs> El Kickle? That's Spanish. El That's El Spanish, oh, Justin. Oh. <laughs> Kickle, uh, choose whatever word you want to use for that second. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a puzzle game where, uh, you kind of walk around on a platform of ice and you need to collect a certain items. I think they're like little bags or something. And they're usually like on a separate Island or something of ice. And you need to figure out how to get over to there. And what you do is you spit really cold air at these enemies, turn them into an ice block, shove them off the edge until you make a ice bridge to the other side. Wait, he's spitting on them? That's horrible. What do they do? To deserve being spat on. Have you seen those things? They're not, they're not even things really. So that's true. Not, not all life matters. Yeah. I think they're just water, right? Like you just, those look like little water blobs and you just make them cold. So they're ice. So, it's fine. <laughs> We're committing genocide. It's not fine. 
<laughs> yeah. But for me, I'm I'm the the only person to bring box pu- pushing puzzle games to this uh this podcast. So I I figured I'd keep up that tradition and bring this one. Uh, I think it's probably the best one to date that I've brought. But I don't know. It for me it it gets a little bit hectic. I mean, you can kind of raise ice uh, columns up out of the ice to make walls and block enemies from getting anywhere. But, like, I guess I didn't spend enough time with it, apparently, to get good enough to manage that. Yeah, it. I agree with you. It does get more hectic just because of, like, the limited moveset and the relative slow speed of your character, Kickle. Um, <clears throat> but it's a really good puzzle game i'm actually kind of mad as like an nes collector that i've not played this game before because i loved it it reminded me like everything it touches on if you're a fan of bubble bobble i feel like it nails like a lot of the cross like comparison like cute characters the weird vegetables and like food power-ups and uh, just this catchy music in the background i mean it's obviously a much different game like you said it's more block pushing um than action but yeah, I I put this in and found myself playing for well over an hour. It was a really solid, fun puzzle platformer game. Maybe not platformer, but action puzzle action game, I guess. Yeah, this one like it's probably the one that I spent the most. Well, definitely the one that I spent the most time on. I spent probably about forty five minutes or so. Um, I I really enjoyed just the way it played. I, I think. Being able to, you know, play as Mr. Cubicle, it it works, and the uh, <laughs> the uh, the ice pillars and stuff, being able to maneuver to block the enemies, um, just the different maps too. It definitely was an interesting one. I enjoyed it. Yep, and you get farther into the game, and there's like those. There's there's those puzzles that you kind of need to maneuver around an obstacle obstacle. And like you, <laughs> you're pretty much like leaving a path of like one or two blocks and you have to like direct those guys, the, the enemies down toward you. And it's a little bit uh, harrowing to, to pull that off. Cause I feel like if you don't press that button exactly in the right moment, they just turn right into you and kill you. But those were definitely the hardest ones for me was those ones that you have to like go around an object to get to the bags. Instead of just making a bridge, you know? Well, you bring up a good point, though, too. Like, it does get a little bit, like, intense. But it's one of those games that's definitely got its controls down well. Like, I I never felt like I was cheated out of a life. Like, it's always... You knew exactly what you screwed up on when you died. uh, Which is, like, definitely um, the hallmark of a a well-designed game. Yeah. It did take me forever to figure out what I was supposed to do. I don't know what you guys, but... (laughs) I played for probably a good five minutes before I realized what the point was. But yeah. I was kind of familiar with it oddly because I don't know if you guys have heard of like Mega Cat Studios, but they're like doing new homebrew NES games and they released a game recently called Medusa that's essentially like a variant of this game. Um, so <laughs> in seeing like a let's play of that, like a preview for the game, I kind of already knew what to do in this one, which is weird, but. Oh, okay. Huh. I did find out the hard way, though. Like, I just assumed at first that you needed to collect everything on screen. 
to clear and then i got to like that third map and like i didn't get the food first and i got like those bags or whatever that you pick up and then you're like warped out of the level before you get all the stuff so oh yeah adds a little extra layer of strategy where you want to get the collectibles before you zap yourself out of a level and complete it yeah you get the points mm-hmm. yeah but, I mean, overall, it's it's a great puzzle game. I mean, it's simple, it's addictive. I mean, what, what more can you want? Is it two player? Does anyone know? I don't think it is, but I don't think it was. Yeah. No, I don't think I didn't. I didn't see an option anyway. Yeah, that would have been really cool. That's the only thing that maybe holds it back a little bit. Yep. Get, that could get interesting then, like if it was two player, if you wouldn't be able to move through your teammate, or oh, yeah. if yeah, you're you against each other, screw like, each other. Push a block toward them. Knock them into the water. <laughs> Push them off. Yeah. yeah. There was one puzzle that I died almost immediately. There's a... I didn't know what the thing was right away, but there's like a spring. Mm-hmm. And you push it toward the spring, and it just like immediately slams back at you and kills you. Yeah, you have that moment of, oh, that's cool. And then, oh, wait, I'm dead. Because <laughs> I yeah. did the exact same thing. <laughs> I walked up to that block and boom, done. Yeah, I had no idea that was a spring. I get, after looking at it, like seeing what it was, it's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> this is how we learn. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll with the death. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on to Justin's pick. Um, what with the tennis game, surprisingly. So this is Jimmy Connors Tennis. This came out in 1993. This is actually a pretty expensive game, I believe, for the NES. Uh, the description on this one, Jimmy Connors ranked number one for 159 weeks, holder of eight Grand Slam titles and a record 109 single titles, more than any other player in history, is the greatest tennis champion ever. Now you're Jimmy Connors battling your way to the number one spot. If he's already number one, why are you battling? Anyway, uh, enjoy a choice of three court surfaces, grass, hard, and clay. Hard is a surface. Um, three skill levels, beginner, intermediate. So basically this is just saying like Jimmy Connors is awesome. Here's like everything that's in every tennis game ever. That's the description. So (laughs) Justin, what do you think about your pick? (laughs) Well, I picked this because you guys both brought tennis games. So I figured I had to. It's true. It is just as terrible as I expected it to be. Um, as a tennis game would be on pretty much any system. (laughs) <laughs> I guess there's a couple tennis games, but later on. Yeah, Virtua Tennis is like probably the only one that's gotten it good. But um, the the good thing for this one is you could actually serve without faulting every time. Um, I still had trouble with the depth perception, moving the guy, and actually hitting the ball sometimes. But plus, I don't think you can actually get it past the other guy. Yeah, I played on beginner, and we went back and forth for like five minutes, and then finally I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna let you get it past me." I quit. (laughs) So yeah, you bring up like one of like the immediate like holes in this game is that in a good tennis game, depending on where you angle your player, even like the most rudimentary tennis games, like where you angle angle your player on the court, generally changes the trajectory of the ball. Like this happened since pong was invented, but for whatever reason, (laughs) in Jimmy Connors tennis. 
you can only hit it straight forward no matter how you position yourself <laughs> so yeah these volleys are like goddamn marathons they're like they would go on for like 30 minute 30 seconds a minute and then like just like you i'd be like i'm do- i don't care i don't need this point this bad this is okay you can have it <laughs> <laughs> you could change like the different type of hit like you could get yeah you could do the lob further back or, the- or like the the lob yeah but every time it was hit back yep it was like directly at him yeah yeah yep. I, I will say, like, it's, it's kind of like a technical marvel in how fast the game runs. The visuals look really good for what it is on the NES, and the music is yeah. great. Like, everything about, like, the presentation is quick, responsive. It's just that they completely botched the volley, which is the game. I mean, that I mean that's what you need to get right here. Um, I think my favorite part of this that I just immediately laughed at is, I'm assuming you're playing as Jimmy Connors, but, like just his ass swagger like when you're standing there waiting for a serve and he's just like swinging his ass back and forth on the line <laughs> like of all the things you could have used the nes to animate like why did you need why did you need this animation of jimmy just like waggling his ass at me <laughs> i honestly well, didn't that was... notice that but it doesn't surprise me you did yeah i set myself up for that one but yeah it's just it's such a weird thing i've never seen a tennis game do that on the nes <laughs> And it screwed me up because, like, that motion back and forth is, like, one speed. And then as soon as the ball's hit and you're moving around, it's, like, double speed. Like, you guys got hustle. So, like, (laughs) yeah, it it messed me up a little bit. Uh, The other thing, like, I I think it's just a fault of, like, all these old ones. But, like, as soon as you start swinging a racket, like, your momentum stops. You're you're not going to continue to run, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously modern games are much more forgiving in that way where it's like they want you to press the button the swinging button before you even get there yep you know yeah i ran into that quite a bit but then i got used to do it i guess and yeah i was able to hit back and forth but it i don't know it was just a struggle but like ryan said visually i mean it it played fast it played decent it's just you couldn't control anything you had no control over anything I thought one interesting choice, too, that I've never seen done in a tennis game before is that, you know, whether you did, like, the fast swing or the lob, um, it had a hold button mechanic, you know? So it's like, if you... Because usually you press the button and it just swings through, but in this game, if you hold the button down, he doesn't follow through on the swing. He just stands there, like, racket back. So that screwed me up a few times until I figured that out. And then that kind of ties into what you were saying, Andy, where it's like you're trying to time it out, but if you hit that too soon, like you lose your run, you know, and it, in a lot of other tennis games, like if you swing too early and you whiff, you have like a slight second, to like take a step back and try for another swing. You can really screw yourself if you're not anticipating that in this game. Yeah. 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 I guess I didn't realize that either. But... It is probably the better, uh, oh, even with the, you know, the problems it has it's probably still one of the better tennis games on the nes right yeah it's technically it impressive that. yeah i mean i think it'd be fine against yeah. another person <clears throat> i just can't imagine you know considering how difficult that was and just like the endless volleys on beginner i mean i can't imagine stepping it up to like intermediate or hard against the computer it would be just <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> but i think they even have like uh, I, i'm moving way ahead but like I played a couple tennis games on what PlayStation and on 360. I think it was PlayStation, maybe PlayStation 2, but like 
I kind of enjoyed those actually, but I don't remember the names of them. But this one though, I, I just can't bring myself to want to go back and ever play again. Yeah, technically impressive, just maybe not that the 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 volume stuff, like you know, the core of yeah. the gameplay just isn't as good as the package around it. I think. Yeah. Plus, it's really bare bones. Like it's it's tennis, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's my like, quest? The menu mode? is like. Yeah, what kind of tennis do you want to play? What you know, like just a few different options, and that's it. Yeah, I want to go to the ma- magical yeah, of land of Chicago, and fight for <laughs> the stolen courts in the kingdom, please. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's go to my pick, uh, Monster in My Pocket. This came out in 1992. This has got uh, just an absurd description. I'll try to get through it fast. So. Thousands of history's famous monsters gather for the meeting of the century, but their volcanic convention center erupts, mysteriously turning them into terrors of pine-sized proportions. They escape to the home of Jack, the teenage captain of cool. There things are there begins a battle between the good ghouls and the warlocks, band of evil beasts. You must become the vampire or the monster and lead the forces um, of right through a humongous human-sized world of six levels. Uh, featuring Jack's house, a scummy sewer, a hazardous construction site. This is a questionable phrase here. I'm just going to say that. And an odd oriental palace. Um, don't get burned on the kitchen stove or crushed by runaway golf balls. Meanwhile, you'll have to punch and zap all the fiendishly favorite monsters, including the head-rolling skeleton, the rock-candy-throwing goblin, the bone-crushing cyclops, and dozens more. I'm just going to cut it off there. But basically... Um, they're trying to set it up. I I don't know if either of you guys are familiar with Monster in My Pocket. Like, did you guys play with the toys back in the day that this is based off of? That then became like a TV show briefly? So, I Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. I've seen them now, but... Yeah, yeah. they're kind of cool. Basically, what it was is like a toy line, and they would advertise the hell out of them back when, you know, kids had after-school cartoons and Saturday morning cartoons. It, it, you would buy these little figures. They would come in like packs of like two or three. Think like micro machines, but little cheap almost like muscle figures. You guys probably don't remember those either, but, uh, no, I okay. Remember yeah. Those. It's kind of like that where they're just like these one colored. I mean, there were different color variations, but no details of this figure. It was just like a little one and a half inch figure, some kind of weird random monster. And then on the bottom, they would have hit points on them, you know, ranging from one to 50 or whatever. I can't remember what it was. And you would just kind of, you could do a tabletop game with them, with your friends and like line up your, you know, set up your lineup and then try and take people down. So it was kind of a little bit of strategy where you're like building a deck um, and fighting people in addition, just collecting these little toys. Anyway, it was a very popular toy for a short while. This obviously Konami picked this license up and made a game on it. Um, And basically they just kind of tried to interpret that into a game, which it's kind of just a side scrolling beat em up. The only thing that really sets it apart is that you're set in like these obviously um, home based level. It's almost like micro machines, but, it's a beat up You know, you're, you're fighting through a kitchen sink area. You're fighting through a sewer area. Um, and overall, the gameplay is pretty shallow, right? You just kind of have to keep running. Otherwise, the respawning enemies continue to attack you. And it's just simple one-button punches to take anything out on screen, uh, which just kind of results in, I guess, a good-looking NES game. Uh, it's got a ton of flicker and slowdown, though, because of all the stuff on screen. Uh, but it's just a very shallow experience. Uh, is what I would say. Yeah, I mean, I the one thing I, I did like quite a bit is obviously since you're so small that you know that, that you know 
There's a lot of that's my, objects around the that's house. What my wife says. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of objects around the house that are like, you know, massive compared to you. So those are most often than not like platforms that you can jump up on. So like each one of those is kind of a bit of a surprise to be like, oh, look how tiny I'm. I'm like jumping up this thing, you know, this boom box or this chair. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever like that. So that, that. I did kind of enjoy that part. The thing with that is like, I feel like I already got that as a kid though, when rescue Rangers came out. So to me, this is like, yeah, just true. almost like treading on that. And then I don't know if anybody else caught it, but I mean, it is Konami. So Konami did all the, um, turtles games for the NES too. And like, I swear to God, the second level soundtrack sounds like something ripped straight out of one of the turtles games <laughs> on the NES. I mean, almost note for note. Huh. Is this uh, yeah, the one I didn't that- notice that had the option to turn music off when you started it? Um, No, I think it was Jimmy Connors Tennis. Was it Jimmy Connors? Okay. Because whichever one is, I turned it off and I was like, oh, I can't get music back on. I wasn't going to shut it off and load it back up. I played that without music. Yeah. Yeah, this one, like, now that you mention it, like, I honestly, I thought it, like, the attacks and stuff, um, when the enemies came at you and just, like, the I don't know if it hitbox, I suppose. Yeah. It, it felt like Turtles games. And just being able to, to actually hit them compared to well, a couple games that we've played recently where you couldn't do... like Your, your attacks just weren't what you expected. And I felt like this one, the attacks were there, and it, it worked well. I just feel it was kind of a, a bland game, I guess just yeah it's it's all it's almost like there's really nothing you can put your finger on that's wrong with it it's just that there's also nothing exceptional about it you know so it just kind of lands it lands in like the yeah that was i mean a a worthwhile distraction category for me i don't know that it it's not notable enough that i'd put it on like the top tier of of nes stuff yeah Yeah. also is the key for anything (laughs) No, I I thought the same thing. I couldn't thing. figure that out either. No, I think it just sits there. I threw it off screen and and I was like, oh, I can't go get it because you can't go backwards. Yeah. You just clobber and then I was, it. Yeah, I was like, I'm guessing it's just to attack stuff with it. But some of the other enemies too, like the smaller ones that kind of like floated around were kind of annoying. But yeah. you know, again, they're still fairly easy to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think two player would be reasonably good. Yeah, I wonder if it scales up in like difficulty or an amount of hits with two players because that would be, I would, I could see that being pretty easy. I wonder just how bad it <laughs> like slows down with two <laughs> players because as slow oh, as it yeah. gets with just one, if you get two more, two characters twice the inputs, oh, yeah. it's like man, it definitely like pushes the NES as far as like sprites on screen at one time because it chugs on occasion like bad. Yeah. yeah, well, you got five or six things going at once. Yeah. And then the ones that shoot, like, moving projectiles or whatever on the screen as well? I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting title. I mean, and it's 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 an, it's an interesting license to pick up because it was just such a small window in time that Monster in My Pocket was relevant um, on the scene. So it's interesting that Konami did it. But again, it's Konami back in the NES era. So how bad could something like this possibly be? You know, it, it turned it turned <laughs> out all right, all things considered. Yeah, right. I think it worked perfect for this type of 
you know, format that we play these games in, though. Yes. Like, it was the exact right amount of difficulty for me where it was, like, you could progress, you know? Just constantly progress progressing, like, through it, where a lot of these games are, like, you got to spend an hour with it to memorize a lot of this stuff to get to a point where you can, you know, progress a little bit. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think I made it to the fourth level, maybe, on this one. I don't think I made it to the fourth one. I think I made it to the third, right. and then I had the continue option, but I've progressed. I recently picked this game up for my personal collection not that long ago, so I've been playing quite a bit more of it recently. I just kind of did a refresher, but yeah, that's a great point. Like, it's a, it's a great game to just play and have some challenge, but not just be completely bogged down by, you know, beating you over the head. It's not yep. NES hard. It's It's tolerable hard. Yeah. But um yeah, we so we've gone through all three of the games. Um why don't we go through and give our individual picks on which games the that we would individually buy, rent, or burn. Um, Andy, start off with you. Yeah, um now that you mentioned like two player, I kinda wanna see if that if they pull that off nice in Monster in my pocket, that probably would be my buy. Just because there's not too many that are perfect like that in that type of style of game in a platforming too. And um, I'd argue that two players playing with the monster in your pocket is probably the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think my buy is going to be a uh, kickle kabuckle cubicle. Um, just because I, I think I spent the most time with that one this week and overall I walked away with it probably the most enjoyed or the, you know, I had the most fun with it, I should say. Um, and felt like I accomplished the most, right? Like you felt smart after a few of those. Cause there's a couple of them later on in there that you're like, how, how do I beat this? You know, like <laughs> I, I can't quite tell what they want me to do. And I guess with that type of game, like as long as you shove enough blocks everywhere, like it's an endless amount of blocks so you can, brute force it but but yeah i had a lot of fun with that that's gonna be my uh buy and for my rent is monster in my pocket just because i said like i said like it's the perfect type of rental game i would say like you know put it in play it progress actually feel accomplished instead of like the hardest balls ones where you're like oh crap i can't rent this i need to buy it (laughs) um and my <laughs> burn is going to be Jimmy Connors tennis tennis something something tennis. I don't even I don't even know the name of it. What is it? Pro tennis? Um, I think it's just Jimmy Connors. Jimmy, tennis. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. it's only his tennis. Yes. Um, I guess if we if we already burned a game that was called Amazing Tennis, like we <laughs> have to burn a game that's just regular tennis so that's that's going to have to stand in 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 our rolling i think so i feel like they got the naming backwards this one should have been amazing tennis compared to the yeah comparatively (laughs) anyways (laughs) they do have a super nintendo version of this game too i'd like to see that stacked against david crane apparently it's also on game boy and Lynx. so oh sure Maybe we'll have to bring this back up for our Lynx episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet that is just amazing. 
I did something all right. <laughs> all right, Justin, how about you? Well, I honestly, I didn't expect that I would have a similar outcome as anybody else. I, uh, I am going to burn Jimmy Connors tennis. Um, my buy is actually going to be, um, Kiko Kabickle or whatever. Um, I, I really did enjoy that one. Um, I didn't actually expect anybody else to, to buy that one, but, um, I really enjoyed it. I, I do find the, the puzzle games like this to be entertaining. I just kind of sit down and, and I guess work on the different puzzles, strategies, everything like that. Um, so I actually, I really enjoyed this game. Um, I'm going to rent monster in my pocket. Um, just because I don't think it's a great game. I think it's an okay game. And I feel like I wouldn't want to pay the money to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it plays all right and everything. It's just not my type of game. And it's just kind of there. Sure. <clears throat> well, I, uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'd buy Kikle Kubikle. Um, I thought, <laughs> I, I mean, I was aware of this game, um, especially being an NES collector. I just never had played it. Um, I had not played it and I loved it. I, I, again, like I said, it reminded me a lot of the things that I like about Bubble Bobble. Um, but then just, you know, a different take, uh, you know, at, at least visuals and the cuteness of it and the sound, like it was all stuff that pulled me into that game. Uh, and then the gameplay was just solid too. I really liked it. In fact, this is going to be on my buy list when we go to the Midwest Gaming Classic here in April because um, I want to keep playing this game. <clears throat> uh, and I would also rent Monster in My Pocket uh, for the same reason that you guys said. It's just kind of an average game. And then, you know, like Andy pointed out, it fits rental well because it's not that difficult. You could pick this up, rent it for a weekend as a kid, play through it once or twice and send it back to the store. Uh, so just it, it lands perfectly in that spot. And Jimmy Connors Tennis, of course, I'm in the torch. Um, a lot of really impressive things about this game, um, given the platform it's on. It's just not um, very good in the in the play mechanics, you know, some of the basics. It's just those volleys just go on for far too long. Um, I would have to burn it. So once again, we have a unanimous uh, Byron Burn conclusion. So... <laughs> Quite the interesting smattering of games, too. A puzzle like, game, a beat-em-up, and a tennis game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised that tennis game wasn't a buy for all of us when we first thought that we were going to bring a tennis game. But <laughs> if only it had yeah, amazing it in the to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm looking at Monster in my pocket. It looks like the... Looks like a dude who just got a 3D printer yesterday. Oh, yeah, they're such cheap toys. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a huge advertising campaign behind them. I, I had a buddy who was just in love with them. And then I bought a couple packs. I think he got me one for my birthday one time. Then I bought a couple others. They were, I mean, it was just such a flash in the pan. I barely remember the toy. So that's why it's like so interesting to me that there was a game at all, which I think there was a short-lived animated show. So that might have been why. Oh, sure. But, is that a more popular game too? Like, 
for NES? Um, it's not very popular because as... it was a later release. It it's kind of a not uncommon. It's less common. You don't see it too often. It goes for like twenty five to thirty five, I suppose. Maybe thirty is about where it sits loose. Uh, but most people, you know, most people kind of have the general consensus like we did. Like, yeah, it's a fine game. It's not. I don't think it's making anyone's like top top NES list. But I've seen a number of people talk about it. Deep within a Transylvanian mountain, the world's most evil monsters were imprisoned. I, Dr. Henry Davenport, the Invisible Man, was their jailer. Alas, my friends and I underestimated our evil prisoner, Vampire. He planned to escape by shrinking, but the spell shrank Monster Mountain instead and blew us all the way to Los Angeles. Now we must recapture those evil monsters, Vampire, Medusa, and Swamp Beast. But it isn't easy when you're one inch high. Edgar Raven, the world-famous horror writer, was the only human who might truly understand our predicament. Unfortunately, he was away, but his ten-year-old daughter Carrie wasn't. And now we're just monsters in her pocket. Monsters in my pocket. All right, let's get into the meat of the podcast. Um, I want to kick things off with a little bit of, of sad news and that's something um, that you guys have probably all heard about too, is that Toys R Us obviously has gone through bankruptcy, but they are officially closing all their stores now. Um, it sounds like they might, there might be some glimmers of hope, but um, the end of an era, as far as toy stores, at least national ones go kind of a sad, sad day. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's kind of a bummer, not so much like now, but like, I mean, you go to a Toys R Us now and they're all pretty kind of grimy to me. I mean, they're definitely older. Um, there's n- not many new ones being built in the last 10 years, probably. But it, it's going to kind of suck to have, I mean, we all have kids and then not be able to take them to that type of store, you know, and like not be able to experience and have that memory of a dedicated toy store. Yeah, that was like my big thing. Like you said, just like as a parent, it's just like, man, kids already <clears throat> grow up so much differently than we did and like so much faster. Um, so when I was just hearing that, it's like, man, they already don't know what the rental store is. They don't know what an arcade <laughs> is. Now you're going to take away a toy store. Like there's no Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Like what is there? It's just so pathetic. It's a bummer. Thanks. Amazon and Walmart. Yeah. yeah, but like how you get, you know, there's not even the Sears catalog or the JCPenney catalog, like circle stuff. Like, what are we going to do? Sit down with our kids and like, here, kids, here's the laptop. Scroll through the <laughs> section of Amazon toys and point out what you want this year from Santa. I mean, uh, they'll do it on their tablet. Yeah, yeah. they probably will. They'll probably order it themselves <laughs> with our credit cards. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of sad Put news. Shopping cart. Yeah, they kind of got. They kind of got screwed, I think. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, they made some huge missteps along the way. And, you know, everybody's getting their ass kicked by Amazon, basically, in the retail brick-and-mortar sector. But, I don't know. They, there was something I read that, like, the people that bought them years ago, like this investment group, they were already in trouble. So then they, when they bought them, what they did is they took the price that they paid for it and put it on top of the debt they already owed to <laughs> this investment group. 
So basically, the investment group got all their money back. And then buried them further? And, yeah, and buried Toys R Us further. So yeah, can have them to blame. It's a good strategy. I, I think like the big thing too is like when you look at so obviously the re, the online retail space we know is is there and it's not going away, but when you look at where a lot of these other toy manufacturers can go, like Walmart has next to no toys anymore. Um, Target has more, but it's more seasonally driven. You know, this time of year, if you walk through a Target, they're clearancing out a ton of their holiday toys for dirt cheap. So. You know, you look at the impact that this is going to have not only on employees of Toys R Us, which is sad in itself, but, you know, this is going to ripple through a much larger industry. I mean, there's going to be layoffs at, I mean, countless toy production or toy manufacturer um, companies. You know, it's this is going to be a big blow to the economy, really. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, I bet if you looked at all the toy manufacturers, I'm sure every one of their stocks are way down, you know. Knowing that, you know, all this one store that carried probably, you know, a majority of their lineup is just not going to be there anymore. So, like, they have to cut down on what toys they offer in general. They have to do the mass, you know, mass produced ones more than the specialty stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. I think, you know, there's that little bit of a news that came out today, too, and... Yes, or maybe yesterday that KB Toys might get resurrected out of the ashes of this. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'd be for that, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, that's the one I remember as a kid was KB Toys. Yeah, KB Toys was awesome. KB Toys was like, KB Toys occupied the mall space. Like as much as Toys R Us was like, we're the grocery store of toys. Like KB's is like, no, we're going to be in like every mall back when the mall ruled. So yeah, when, you know, you you go on shopping trips out of town and your mom would go to a bunch of stores you don't want to go to you just hang out at kp toys at least i did i'm sure the people working there loved yeah. it <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure if i remember <laughs> right if i remember right the mall in grand forks there kp toys was just like two stores down from the pet store it's like you'd be walking down you'd stop at the pet store and go look at all the lizard and fish i suppose is what i always looked at and then you'd go over to the Keep your toys and sit there until your parents came and got you. Yep. Yeah. Huh. I don't remember if there was a Toys R Us in town there. I don't know if there ever was in Grand Forks. I think Fargo might have been. I think Fargo yeah. might have been the only one in the state, isn't it? For North Dakota? I'm not sure. Well, there was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's going to be gone now. I should start seeing if they're clearancing stuff out. I guess as, as, as heartless as it is of me, like the possibility of amazing clearance deals is like, <laughs> is getting me all excited for this too. So we'll, I imagine though that it's just given the way that they're going out of business, there's going to be a liquidation company that takes most of it. <clears throat> um, you oh, know, yeah. if they were a smaller chain, it'd be yeah. different, you know, it'd just be, but somebody's going to buy this and like try and recoup as much of the losses as they can. I'm sure. So, yeah. Have you guys seen the, what the Atari box has now been announced to be? I saw the headline of a news article and then I remembered that I didn't give a shit. So I didn't look. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but please do tell. <laughs> uh, they're calling it the Atari VCS, which is okay. obviously a throwback to the original. 2600 um but it's still going to be 250 dollars and 
run Linux, you know, a pretty decently sized, you know, CPU and, you know, graphics card or whatever in it. But it's still like it, it's a Linux box. Like you're still beholden to whatever developers are like, okay, let's develop, you know, let's port this over to Linux, you know? Yeah. That's brutal too. Cause they just launched that like HD Atari flashback this year, the HD gold. So it's like, it already came with like 120 games, plugs into your TV for a price point, of like what? 60 to 80 bucks. I mean, where's the value in this other than you're getting like an Atari shaped Linux computer? I mean, is there really a reason to get this? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Especially at that price. Yes. Cause you could buy a pie and run some kernel of Linux on it. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to do what this does, but I mean, it could, I mean, loaded up with retro pie. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'll run all the Atari stuff that they'll probably bundle with it. <laughs> Have they given any news on, like, what they're offering in the way of games? I mean, is there anything? Is it just, is it going to come pre-installed with stuff? Are they going to have a service? Is it going to hook up to, like, Android apps? Like, is Google Play involved in this? I, I don't understand. No, I doubt it. I it's, it's probably just the, you know, whatever extra games that, Atari games that they want to throw in. You know, obviously, they're like, oh, and we'll have all these indie stuff. Again, if the indie developer ported it to Linux, which, you know, Steam did that, you know, all those Steam boxes and stuff are Linux. So anybody that participated in that, I guess you'll get those games maybe, but I don't know if Steam has trouble getting developers to develop for their system, like right. they're not going to do it because Atari's do has an option available <laughs> to, you know? Right. I mean, cause here's the thing is like, Nobody in the industry, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm overgeneralizing it, but I feel like nobody in the industry is taking this thing seriously. So for, as far as support, no dev, unless they can easily transfer something and dump it onto some sort of like shop, is going to take any amount of time to customize a game for this. So that leaves just Atari to f- furnish games for it. Unless people start, you know, obviously people will hack it and do emulators and things like that. But if if it has to rely on the homebrew community and Atari solely to support it, it's already dead in the water. I, I, I mean, it just, that's a fact because Atari can't yeah. do it. I mean, Atari can't even get this thing out. I mean, I'll, I'm still not confident this will even come to existence. I don't know. Well, apparently they're taking pre-orders real soon. Uh huh. Whatever that means. But, you mean stealing uh, people's money? Because they're never gonna. You're never gonna get that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're getting, if you're paying that much, I mean, they put such a focus on streaming. You're gonna be able to stream movies and stuff, and it's like, you know what else does that? Buy, Everything yeah, else I th- own. A thirty dollars <laughs> stick that does that. You know. Yeah. I'm surprised it's, my Game Boy Advance can stream Netflix at this point. Yeah. You got to hack it. Yeah. Like, I just don't see how they could think that that's a viable price point at all. I mean, that's your, I mean, you could, uh, that's an Xbox one. That's a yeah. PS4. That's a switch, you know, two thirds to a switch. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you said it was 200 or 250. 250. Oh, yeah. There's a two, there's, Jeez. there's a $300 one too. Oh my God. 
yeah, Jimmy, what do you want for Christmas this year? An Atari box or a Switch? <laughs> and I'd have been the dumbass kid who'd have been like, ooh, Atari. And that's how I ended up with the 2600 versus an NES as a child. <laughs> but yeah, that's there's no way. I mean, I just... So they're going to take pre-orders. Is this going to be through like a Kickstarter, though? Or will this just be online through their... I mean, because it... So was it Kickstarted? Like, was that already done? Or is there going to be a Kickstarter crowdfund for the pre-order? I don't think they ever did. I okay. think they're funding it 100% through them now. Gosh. Um, it does look pretty good. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll give up that. I do like the design, um, and I do very much appreciate Atari, um, <clears throat> you know, and have nostalgia for that brand and a lot of the IP. I just don't understand um, the need for this at this point in time, to be quite honest. You know, yeah. You do get two controllers. You get one that's, you know, more modern, and then you do get the one-button joystick. Because oh. that's what everyone's clamoring for, is like carpal tunnel <laughs> yeah. and hand cramps again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to be excited for it. I just, I can't be. It's, what a ridiculous machine. Are the controllers going to be USB? <laughs> or are they going to be? I think it's wireless, but I don't know. Wireless. It's infrared. If you don't point it directly at the little <laughs> <Yeah>. diode <laughs> on the front, you're screwed. You know, interfere with the other with the neighbors. Atari box. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm curious to see where this goes, but it's funny because didn't they kind of announce everything that you're just saying they stated like not that long ago that it was Linux based and so did they really add anything new to the mix other than pre-orders coming soon? Yeah, not much other than the name. Um, they went into like kind of more of the specs that they were going to put into it. But you know what they need to do to make this thing a home run with every pre-order speaker hat. I would, yeah, I'd be down. <laughs> I would. I'm all about that. If you give me a free speaker hat with my pre-order deal, those uh, have to be almost on clearance at this point. I would think. Yeah, like they. I mean, if you have to give them away anyway, so why don't you? Yeah, why not? <laughs> would be pretty sweet to have one. I do really want a speaker hat. One day. For $130? It's a good investment. <laughs> uh, you guys playing any new games lately? Or? Uh, I will be playing Sea of Thieves. That came out today. Or, yeah, last night. I didn't. I, guess, but. I didn't ask what you will be playing, Justin. Come on. <laughs> well, I've been playing Fortnite <laughs> and PUBG Mobile. <laughs> Even streaming Fortnite. You're, you're. I hear you're the new internet sensation, Twitch streamer extraordinaire for Fortnite. Yeah, I guess this is not true. You quit your job, did <laughs> well, you? Not? You know. Well, yeah, but that that was just a different situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> not related. Got it. <laughs> not related. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually quit my job. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> that's good. No, I uh, I started streaming, I guess, but mainly just for fun. Yeah, well, if you're already playing anyway, why not, right? Yeah. So convenient with PS4, like the share play thing. Or I'm actually looking into get getting a capture card, maybe <clears throat> getting your face and, up on the screen. Well, or just so you can also well, go to Twitch. Happening, but well, so then I can have it set up with 
because you can use the OBS software and actually create like your own layouts and stuff, which I actually did, but it doesn't work the best because you have to do the remote play without a capture card. Sure. Oh. So you have to launch remote play on your computer and then connect it to your PS4. And it works. I'll probably use it, at least test it out. But I, uh, I'd probably end up getting a capture card because I'd like to stream on Xbox as well, and I can't without that. So yep, I see. Well, you mentioned uh, PUBG Mobile, so you must have got a number one already, a chicken dinner. I did. I've played three games, and I've got three chicken dinners. That's an alarmingly wow. high success rate. So yeah. did, did you read that uh, the article that's been going around then? I did after you mentioned it. I, I looked at it. and I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. It's hard to tell because it's such an awkward movement for when you're in gunfights anyways. Yeah. That it's hard to tell if it's a person or if it's... A pretend because you guys the article you're referring to is that bots are playing PUBG Mobile is the thing, right? Yeah, well, it's kind of come to light that it's an alarming amount of these people that have never won on Xbox or anything all of a sudden are just like winning their matches in PUBG Mobile, like at first, like all the time. Hmm. So then everybody's like, "Well, what's the deal with that?" Then you know how. The first thing is, well, it must not be real people then. But so is PUBG Mobile a free game? Yeah, it's free. It's iOS. I don't know if it's Android or not. But so maybe it's, it's like it's there. A marketing strategy to like make you feel like you're a king at this game. So you spend thirty bucks on Xbox and PC. I don't. I don't know. Like the. Uh, well, I know quite a few people that have played it now, and they're not all winning. <laughs> so you're saying you're just that but, good. I am just that good. I'm probably going to retire or maybe I'll go pro. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, 10 wins and you can retire. Like that's, (laughs) I think you get social security payout too at 10 chicken dinners and PUBG mobile. (laughs) Might want to check with your local. Um, But it's it's actually pretty fun. Like it it plays pretty smooth. Like I I laughed at it when I first heard it was coming out. Kind of like Fortnite mobile. I laughed at that and. I, I've played a couple of the PUBG knockoffs on mobile, and they play decent. Uh, I was like, I'll try it. I don't ever really care about the Fortnite mobile, because I think building would be annoying and nearly impossible to successfully do that and fight. Yeah, I can see but, that. But the like the PUBG knockoffs are pretty fun, so I tried this, and I don't know, I, I do feel like Pretty much everybody I ran into has been a person just by, I suppose they could do it as a bot, but like when you shoot them and the awkward movements that they start to make trying to get away, you wouldn't necessarily think a bot would do that. Yeah. (laughs) You'd assume that they would just continue doing what they were doing and take the shots, but I don't know. Yeah. It is strange, though, that a mobile game plays better than <laughs> PC and console does. <laughs> especially one that, well, especially one that comes, like, from the lineage of, like, Arma, which is, like, the most, like, <laughs> PC-oriented, like, I need every 
button on this laptop to, or, you know, yeah, to, to pull this off. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, the screen is kind of a disaster on the phone, but it's laid out pretty well. Huh. Like, there's buttons everywhere. And it auto-loots for you, and auto-puts attachments on, which I think that would be a nightmare if it didn't. Oh, so, sure. When you pick up a gun, and if there's an attachment that can be equipped, it'll just auto-equip it. And then if you find an attachment that you want that's different than what's on it, then you can just swap it out in your inventory. So, I mean, it has its perks because it's on mobile, and it would be nearly impossible to do that quickly. But it's still really clunky on Xbox trying to do that, adding attachments and removing attachments and stuff. So, hmm. PC, it looks like it'd be pretty easy, but... I don't know. It's it's interesting. So I threw it out on Twitter. You guys might have seen it. I finally got a um, Kickstarter thing that I backed quite some time ago. Um, it arrived in the mail yesterday, actually, and that was my um, Ardu Venture Edition, special edition of the Ardu Boy, um, which we talked about on the podcast back when uh, the funding was happening. And I know they had like some production delays. It was supposed to be shipped in January, obviously March now, but not too far behind. And I've been playing a little bit of that. The thing is pretty damn impressive, actually. Um, it's tiny. If you've never seen an Ardu boy, you can Google it. You'll find some images. It's basically just this Arduino-based, tiny little credit card-sized handheld. Um, and Ardu Venture is the, the largest, most ambitious game that's been released for it. And uh, yeah, it plays great. Uh, the sound is good. The art design is good. It's it's almost it reminds me a lot of like Link's Awakening on the DS or not the DS but the Game Boy. And you know it's it's Pokemon esque battles with little random RPG like bugs and creepy things that pop up. It's it's really cool. I'll have to show it to you guys um, when I get a chance. It's it's kind of amazing to hold in your hand. Yeah, I'm really interested in checking that out. You have to bring it to MGC. Yeah, well, well, it fits right in my wallet, so yeah. And then supposedly <laughs> you can just, there's like a whole bunch of free open source games. It says 200 plus games. You can go to rdboy.com and they give you a little connector cable. So yeah, it's really awesome. I'm glad I backed it. I think it was like 50 bucks. It's pretty sweet. Awesome. So that kind of made my week that that finally arrived. After <laughs> my car breaking down again on the weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a, like a special edition version? It was. Yeah, this is the special edition, like special edition console. There was a deluxe version that came with what I got plus a plushie. Um, but this, yeah, this is the special edition um, console itself. Button. Yeah, gold button, and then on the back there's like um, a embossed logo, I guess, uh, of the game. And yeah, it's really well built. It's obviously like a plastic cover and a tiny little screen on the like at the front of the shell. You can see the chips and everything underneath it, and the back is like this nice, I suppose, aluminum plate. But yeah, really well built. I mean, for like an independent little project like this, it's it's cool. And the box it came in is great. Well, you came over on oh yes last Friday and uh, checked out some VR games for the first time. That and I think was I awesome. freaked you out a little bit on a couple of those experiences. Yeah, that okay. So to context this, I've played small amounts of VR, um, only <laughs> ever the Oculus and only ever at demos. I think the last time I played like an actual VR game was two years ago at MGC, and I played like a 3D rendition of 
the Legend of Zelda, but like with what you had for the selection of game on PlayStation VR, like yeah, that like that I can see why Justin gets sick. Um, Justin is notorious for getting very ill in VR, and I did get a little queasy after some short stints. But yeah, man, you totally sold me on. <laughs> PlayStation VR, like I'm gonna have to sink the ridiculous amount of money into getting one because <laughs> that was awesome. And like drunken bar fight was just so laughably bad. Shooty fruity was like fucking intense. And then <laughs> I think the one that got me the most tripped out, and you warned me about it, but I wanted to play it anyway. It was super hot. And that when bullets are flying at you in that context in VR, and you've got just like split seconds to figure it out. Yeah, it feels like I just took a bullet through my chest. Like, like it's that connection. You know, it's it's you don't feel it, but like mentally, it's it's hard to almost separate yourself. Like when you're that panicked, it was it was nuts, man. I was sweating my ass off. That's for sure. I'm sure yeah. I looked very cool. Also, jumping around your living room <laughs> like a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Super hot is e- exactly like that. You actually have like that moment, like you actually feel le- like you got shot, and then you have to reassure yourself, like, no, this is all make up, made up, you know. Well, and that was also the game that I like to point out that you left the room and went to the bathroom, and I had no idea. So like panic set in when I was like talking and nobody was there, and then like I'm hearing all these strange noises and I have no idea what's going on. It was a little, a little weird. Yeah. Did you ever play that at MGC, that shooting game? And the one that you were like falling ago? over? No, I, I didn't. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what this was. That's kind of like what Super Hot is like. You're ducking behind objects and like you had to like shoot people and oh, yeah, it's intense. <laughs> I think Shooty Fruity was, I meant sheer like stupid fun factor. Drunken Bar Fight was kind of awesome. Like <laughs> whacking that guy up the legs, like up in the crotch with that cane that I grabbed off the bar was probably one of the best <laughs> things I've ever done in a game. <laughs> but I think shooty fruity, like as a full fledged package, was awesome. So yeah, like shooty fruity, that's like one of the best feeling game y- for sure. Yeah. So like Justin, like shooty fruity, you're uh, a grocery store clerk, and like you're standing behind the counter, and like food's coming down the conveyor belt, so you're like standing there scanning food. So you have to do that job, but then also like a rabid mutant fruit is coming at you and you have to like grab guns off a conveyor belt and shoot them while you're still like begging groceries. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. I feel like we should just bring all of this to MGC. (laughs) (laughs) But there'd be vomit all over the hotel room if you're playing VR. (laughs) I'm actually pretty good with some games. Like it's like I played that mech game and I was for the most part good. I played that for what half hour though. Yeah, but you came out pretty. That was pretty dizzy, drunk. Yeah, but yeah. wasn't that the one that the kid like panicked and they'd like pull him out of it? He started screaming. Yeah. He said. Oh boy. But like that one, I'm pretty sure if I would have been sober, I'd have been fine. Yeah. Huh. No. It was... And then uh, there was a couple other games I played too that I was fine with. But yeah, <laughs> I, I was very impressed. I, I kind of would. I definitely. I think you sold me on it, Andy. I, I kind of want to get one now and play some of those other games. I, I, the real reason you want one is rec room. So you can explore all the different rooms with children, with all the people that are just lurking around in. Yeah. I will say I was pretty skeeved out by rec room, but that was very disturbing. Like once you were walking through that hall and like, you just said something, you're like, Oh, that guy's just punching that thing. Then the dude talks back. He's like, yeah, you get a problem with that. 
It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, we're in a virtual room with, like, other people? Like, it's like the next creep factor on top of, like, a chat room or something. It was so yeah. weird. And then there's, like, the little kids in the wrestling room with Jesus. and Yeah, it was... <laughs> It's an experience for sure. There's a lot of weird stuff in there. I think my favorite was Andy goes into the room called like 90s music only or something. And apparently like there's supposed to be a guy that like built that room because you create these rooms to go into with other people that's supposed to like be the DJ. I suppose you like make requests with him when he's in the game. But if he's not there, there's nobody. So then I just got on my phone and started like blasting like horrible 90s songs like through the camera. We were playing like Barbie Girl and like just dumb shit like that. <laughs> and nobody acknowledged that we were doing it either. And then Andy's like dancing in the middle of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get the the like underwater experience one. Yeah, yeah, I do have that one. Um it was funny, my family came over on Sunday and I actually have my dad who's in his seventies now to strap that on and my mom says put him in the shark one I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> so, so i put it on that and he's just like he's just nonchalantly like just like looking around like i i think he didn't want to be too embarrassed because he knew something was going to happen like a shark was going to come and he's just like not even following where the shark's going like I, he might even had his eyes closed in there. Who knows? <laughs> you know, but, but like when it finally does attack, he kind of did like back up a little bit and be like, Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever like, obviously your kids are a little bit, well, your son is the same age as mine. Have you, has he played it at all? Oliver? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I don't put him in anything like real crazy. I, I, I think actually the only one I have put him in is that fish one where it's just like, you go underwater, you kind of look around a little bit, and that's about it. Okay. I didn't obviously put him in the shark one. That's a little <laughs> yeah. bit traumatic. <laughs> yeah, because after we played that, I was just thinking about like if I bought one, it's like, man, I wonder what like how my like a small mind would interpret that, you know? Because it's pretty immersive. Yeah, for sure. I, I I know there's like, who knows what kind of studies are out? They always have say you know, hey, it's only for kids this age or above. But I'm sure like that's only to protect themselves from. Right. Parents who strap them in for 12 hours a day and be like, right. you sit over there and be in VR. But Yeah, I'm sure like a few minutes of that stuff, like on the rare occasion, can't possibly do too much damage. Other than the mental harm, right. you know. Yeah. If you're putting yeah. them in like, the, you know, horror stuff. Maybe don't throw your children in a Resident Evil 7 is what you're saying. I, I'm not going to do that, so I'm sure he won't either. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm in Bomb Simulator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was really cool. I, I, that was awesome to check that out. I, I definitely need to get one. I'll have to walk, look for a deal now. Anybody else pick up um, Paradise City, or am I the only one? After I hyped it up so much, the I do. Did anyone else appreciate that whole podcast tour? I was just like freaking out about how everything's like, regurgitated, like remastered stuff, and then I spent like the first fifteen <laughs> minutes praising the fact that. Paradise City was coming back. I'm like, I sounded like such a contradictory asshole. Like, I listened to that. I was like, man, I'm dumb. This is what we deal with. Yeah. yeah. My stupidity. As I've bought my purchases from the last week, I bought the port of Lego Worlds to the Switch. I bought the new 
<laughs> Okami HD, and then I bought Burnout Paradise Remastered. So yeah, I, very, I really have a problem with all these ports and remasters of games coming out. <laughs> Boycott. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm buying 12 more, but then that's it, guys. I, yeah, I know. I, I picked up Burnout Paradise finally today and put it in, and I just instantly fell back in love with that game. Like It just reminded me of why that game is so fun. Yeah crashing through stuff god it's good plus with the expansions already in there the big surf island and the bike pass it's just endless hours oh my god. yeah i played that game to begin with but when it's on sale i'll probably look into it yeah well it's only 40 new so it'll probably be pretty cheap in the near future yeah first digital sale i'm sure it'll be you know, a couple months. yeah yeah or it could you know i could see this in like a year or less be a PlayStation game to a PlayStation Plus or something. Or sure, yeah. Xbox with EA. Actually, I forgot to. Um, you picked up Titanfall, right? Yeah, Titanfall 2. Yep, I played the first couple yep. hours. Yeah, we... Uh, well, I picked it up and so did a couple other friends. and We were playing online. It's pretty fun. Um, they do have that like uh, defense mode. Like where I think it's like where the waves come after you. Sure. Kind of like in the first one. Um, haven't played it yet because I think you can have four people and we only had three. So. Yeah, I'd jump on there with but, you one night if you guys are all on. Yeah, I have to figure something out. It's a pretty polished package, though, isn't it? Like compared to the first, it, even like it looks and plays great. It, yeah it it plays much better than the first one, and I thought the first one actually played pretty good for. Kind of, I don't know, ahead of what Call of Duty was at the time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it played better than Call of Duty did, and I don't know. It we didn't really play anything with the mix. It was just the pilot, or, pilot versus pilot or whatever. So yeah, I actually like. I mean, the mechs are fine too, but I think the pilot, like uh, the feel of that, felt better to me than yeah. the mech thing did. It's just so smooth and like the wall jumping and. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good. Yeah. What threw me off is like I was running on a wall, and I was coming up to a window, and you just run in the window. You don't. Oh, really? You don't, like skip past it. <laughs> so like I'm expecting to skip past it, and all of a sudden I'm in this building. I'm like, where the fuck did I just go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good deal too. It was, it was like five ninety nine for just the base game. So yeah. I'll be curious to see what happens with Titanfall now. Like I, I would imagine that's done because the first one did well based on the hype and critically too did like everyone loved the game. It was, it made a lot of top 10 lists, but I don't feel like anyone bought it. Yeah. It sucks. Like it's such a good game, but like I was pretty excited for it. And then I just forgot about it. Like it gets released and nothing about it. Yeah. And then, like, four months later, I'm like, oh, wow, Titanfall was released four months ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder what, like, I can't even remember what time of year that dropped, but I feel like there was just, like, a bunch of stuff in and around it, so, like, it just got overlooked. Well, it was, like, it was, like, within a week of Battlefield 1, too. So, Is like, <laughs> they kind of cannibalized themselves, but, yeah, I, I, in the same way, like, I bought that that fall whenever that came out was the last no two years ago and and 
still sealed. It's been on my backlog because I've heard the single player is excellent in that game too. So I always wanted to go back and check out the actual story in that game, but just haven't gotten back to it yet. Yeah, just the little bit I played of the story, like it's it's very, very well done. Like for a first person campaign, at least the initial perspective I've got on it, I've really enjoyed it. It almost felt, um, it sounds kind of dumb to say, but it almost reminded me a little bit of like a Half-Life 2 kind of vibe, almost. Huh. Yeah. I'll probably play through the campaign when I start my new shift here in like a month, so. Yeah, you should find out if that's co-op. We can go through that together. I like co-op campaigns. Yeah, I don't know if it is, but I have to... I'm sure Google knows. The Google? Yep. <laughs> It'll Google. I don't want to grow up. Fun toys for us kids. They got a million toys and toys for us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a toy just kid. They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lid from bike to train to Okay, in this week's fail bag, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to take a physical magazine that I have here in my hands and read through it a little bit and discuss uh, some topics in here. Uh, the main thing here is that Game Informer, uh, GameStop's propaganda machine, I mean, long-running, uh, very popular magazine, is uh just had their 300th issue which is crazy um they started in 1991 and they're still going and they're i think they're in the top five of most uh subscribed magazines in the u.s which obviously they're in GameStops and it's part of a program so you can't really a program that they force down your throat at every chance they get. yeah Exactly. <laughs> but uh, for their 300th uh, issue here, they made an article called The Top 300 Games of All Time. And there's been a million of these type of lists before, but this is in a magazine, of you know, somewhat reputable magazine. Um, so I thought I'd run through maybe the top 50 here and see what you guys think. Okay. <laughs> you don't sound like you're expecting much. <laughs> I no, I'm expecting rage because I'm not sure that I trust this magazine to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like to start off, like what what would you put at number one, each of you guys? Just uh, of all time, greatest game of all time. Pretty hard pretty hard to do isn't it it's got to be something yeah. you have to look back at it and it's got to be something like fundamental and pivotal like like the first mario brothers like super mario brothers or maybe a link to the past or it's got to be something on that level and i'm guessing it's not at all it's probably like fucking titanfall 2 or some shit knowing that this <laughs> magazine that is in the top 300 okay <laughs> not number one game right <laughs> I, know, I agree though it'd probably have to be you know something probably mario related oh it's gonna be mario 64 isn't it and i'm gonna just 
be pissed. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Mario Kart. Is it Mario no, 60? Okay. No, I, Thank no, you. No. Thank you, Game Informer. You didn't betray me. <laughs> Wait, you haven't heard what it is. Okay. Well, we'll get to it, right? Are we gonna get, are we gonna go from fifty up or one? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep, we'll go okay. fifty up. Okay. So we'll go right outside of fifty-one just to give you a, a, a gauge of like uh, where what we, kind of quality we're, we're talking off. about. Okay. So fifty-one is Grand Theft Auto Three, which does not hold up as well as it does, obviously now, but. Um, that was a pretty pivotal moment in that type of game. Was that the first one that was in car view? Uh, that was the yeah, that was the PlayStation yep. Two like juggernaut. See, yep. I already don't like this list though because <clears throat> if you're going to do a list like this, you should put the best of that thing in there. So by putting Grand Theft Auto Three in there, you're telling me that I've got like at least two more Grand Theft Autos coming up in fifty through one, right? I mean that. What's what? uh, not ne- not necessarily no. Then why no, I, why I, three? Why didn't you put? I struggle with this one. Five yeah. or I, San Andreas. I wouldn't say either San Andreas or five. Right. San Andreas probably. Yeah, I would argue that Especially three for that era. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but then it is like okay, so you said they're using like they're using other things like the groundbreaking like so if you're looking at I guess if you're looking at Grand Theft Auto three as it invented the first successful like open world game. Like, well, I mean, Driver too helps, but uh, then yes, it belongs there. But if you're just saying the best Grand Theft Auto game, then it does not. But that's just no, me. absolutely not. But okay, so let's let's fifty. What do we got? <laughs> Number fifty, Super Smash Brothers Melee. That needs to be higher. Which I think is, I think that's the only Smash Brothers game on this list. I think it's so, the best one. Yep, for sure. I could, it had a pretty pretty crazy yeah it was really good yeah i could see it being higher but i'm okay with that yep 49 is metal gear solid 3 snake eater which is probably my favorite out of all of them so i could definitely would want that higher but i'm okay with that there as long as solid is higher but <laughs> i have a yeah. feeling it's not gonna be and that makes me mad but <laughs> we'll see yeah i'm not sure you know um, don't, don't play coy with us you know <laughs> no that's one i don't remember actually okay. i could look ahead but i'm not going to okay. at this point okay. um 48 mike tyson's punch out but what kind about mr surprising. dream where's mr dream he's farther down i don't know about that one i mean it was an iconic game i suppose for that but i don't know i wouldn't put it there no, I think that's a little high myself, too. I don't even know if that's my favorite 50 NES games. Really? Wow. I don't know. I never got into it. I never sure. got into it. It's a good game. I just never got into it. Sure. How about Contra at number 47? <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm not a huge fan of Contra. I never played yeah, it as I a kid. I never really got into that. Right. I appreciate it for what it is, but I came into that late. Yeah. Uh, 46 is The Sims 2. No. Like, <laughs> no. The Sims doesn't belong in this list. Get the fucking Sims out of here. <laughs> Come on. Putting him in a room and taking the door away? Yes, that, that was deserves to Well, be you take the toilet higher. out. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't put that in there. Yeah, no way. 
my 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 go-to was to putting them in the pool and then taking the uh the ladder, the ladder out. out. <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to get out. <laughs> okay, number forty-five kind of surprised me, but I somewhat get it. Uh, Robotron twenty eighty-four from the arcade version uh, from nineteen eighty-two. I guess if you're talking about like twin stick shooters, you know, yeah. that type of control like that, it's probably the first one of that, right? Sure. <laughs> and I know this game carries like a pedigree because of the <clears throat> competitive, like high score, like aspect of gaming. But I mean, to me, that is not, even when I think of arcade games, like our iconic ones, maybe it's because I just was a little too young when this came out. I, I guess I just, yeah, that wouldn't even cross my mind um, yep. for the list in general, let alone the top 50. Yep. It is good. Yeah. Then, yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I just didn't always think that that's like up on the pantheon of greatest, you know? Right. Like to me, if I'm thinking like arcade games that make top 50, it's like, you know, your Pac-Man, your Miss Pac-Man, you know, that instantly. NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah, NBA Jam could do that. Yeah, I'd put that above Robotron. <laughs> the arcade version, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it'd be top 50, but it'd be better than that one. Yeah. Okay. Number 44 is Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Never played it. Kind of blows me away that... I mean, I I prefer Uncharted 2 to 4, but... The series needs to be there. I just don't know where it would land. Right. Yeah. 4 is pretty good, too. It's just, you know, once it got to 4, you were just kind of tired of it, I guess. Right, especially when you played The Last of Us, and you're like, I'm still playing Uncharted, but with zombie people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're getting to some cuts where I've heard people say that these this is my favorite game of all time. And 43 is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Okay. Which I could, I, I could see it being right around there, but I know some people are absolutely crazy for that game, too, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a people like I mean, it's a game that people praise, but it's also a game that I think you and I have talked before. In that, did you play it when it was out? Like, it's like in hindsight, this is the greatest game of all time. But I feel like a lot of people I know didn't play it when it was at retail. Yeah, I think it was more like once it hit the greatest hits is when right people really started to pick up on it, right? Yeah. But I mean, it, it's really got into it. It's arguably the best. Like, I mean, it invented kind of like that you know, new style of Castlevania that carried the, you know, carried it forward for the next several years. Yep. 42 is Fallout 3. Never played, see. Never played a Fallout. That's not true. I played Level 10 minutes. Four. I played 10 minutes to Fallout New Vegas. I bought it at Best Buy when it was on sale for 10 bucks and hated it. Oh man, I love Fallout New Vegas more than three. So, you know, what's, I'm bummed out that three's higher. But you know what's fun in first-person shooters? When I go to kill something and random chance determines that I miss. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Fallout. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So number forty-one. This is pretty funny that you guys were just talking about this, but NBA Jam. Nice arcade, nineteen ninety-three. All right. <laughs> okay. At least it's above. Yeah. Robotron. Yeah. We nailed yeah. it. <laughs> uh, hey, that's probably one of my favorite ones, to be honest, arcade-wise. Like, Even oh, the yeah. home, home ports are good, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like it just played like, it more competitive than arcade. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I agree. Yeah. Number forty is God of War. I never really got into those, but I can see it. Yeah. yeah neither, isn't fine, two but... supposed to be the better? Or three? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I I own three. I've played a bit of it, but I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it just seems like two was the bigger one because it was like the swan song for the PS2. Yeah, that could be part of it for probably, sure. Yeah. Okay, number thirty-nine is probably where they're going to get the most hate mail. I would say. And that is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Which seem No, it could be yeah. it could be lower on the list. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You say this too high. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, I honestly am. I have I have <laughs> send all the hate mail you want to weekend uh rental podcast at gmail.com, but I have zero appreciation for the N sixty four and I give zero shits about Ocarina of Time. It doesn't even register as a Zelda game I'd want to play, let alone the greatest of all time, and Mario 64. Those two games can fucking jump off a bridge together for all I care. Like, I, greatest games of all time, like, everybody loves them, I give zero craps. I just, <laughs> zero craps given. So I'm good with this. Okay, well, you want me to tell you something that will make you angry? What's that? Uh... Wind Waker didn't even make the list. Fuck that! Really? <laughs> yeah. That is the best. It didn't make yeah. the list. Not even top three. Not, not fuck. Not this. in the top three. Game, game, game Informer, kiss my ass. <laughs> kiss my ass, Game Informer. You can at least sell an HD copy of that for the Wii U. You stupid bastards. <laughs> uh, I do. Oh, I know that's probably uh, my biggest upset yeah, part of this whole thing too. I can appreciate that people appreciate Ocarina of Time. I cannot understand how Wind Waker does not even make this list. That is blasphemy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, 38 is StarCraft. Sure. Okay. Yep. Not my thing overall, but... No, I get it. Though. Definitely big. Uh... 37 is Pokemon Red and Blue, the very first ones. See, I missed that. Like, I know it's a phenomenon, but I was just a little too old. <clears throat> yeah, I was into those big time for sure. But, I mean, you look at that, and, like, two games that completely revitalized, like, a 10-year-old obsolete handheld <laughs> and kept it going. I mean, they kind of, I mean, they were almost solely responsible for the Game Boy lasting way longer than it needed to. Yep. Uh, 35, Super Mario Kart, Super Nintendo. Okay. At least I picked the right one At there. Least six is, please tell me 64 is not <laughs> higher in the last room. Be real, man. No, okay. I don't think Thank so. Thank God. Good job. 36 is Mega Man 2. All right. Definitely the best Mega Man. That, hey, boy, that already seems like that's above some games that it, like, you're telling me in the grand scheme of things that even a game I hate, like Ocarina of Time, deserves to be lower than Mega Man 2? I don't know that that's, yeah. that's right, but all right. Oh, well. This will be a common theme going forward, I think. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, 34 is Resident Evil 4. That should be Which higher. Maybe, but yeah, okay. I I mean, I can I can see that for how revolutionary the, like the, the aiming and all that stuff was in that game. Yeah. Uh, 33 is Donkey Kong from the arcade. Okay. That was definitely revolutionary. 
really put Nintendo on the map, so I think that belongs. 32, Bloodborne. <laughs> Bloodborne? Okay, what is Bloodborne again? Explain to me. Is that the Diablo or no, the, the Dark Souls-ish? The free one. Yeah, yeah Fuck it's no! the free one, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. Better than Ocarina of Time. <laughs> um, Mega Man 2. Yeah, no, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. You don't like that one? How about this one? How about number 31, Battlefield 2? Fuck. You know, Andy, we had a, I had the discussion that I was going to make a conscious effort not to swear on the podcast, and you have to go and do a stunt like this with your top 50 Game Informer games. How am I supposed to keep my... Okay, I'm not going to swear, but that's a bunch of crap. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that that was, it says it's a PC game, so, like, maybe I just totally missed out on that. Like, maybe it was a huge thing, and but I don't ever remember being that being, like, that big a deal. It is, but that's like saying Call of Duty was a huge thing. It is, but, like, are those better than, like, seminal games of, like, <laughs> we're talking the 300 greatest games of all time. That doesn't, no, that doesn't compute. I yeah. feel like greatest games would be single player, like, even though I'm mainly multiplayer game. Like, that's mainly what I do. I still feel like if you're doing a greatest game list, doesn't it have to be single player? That's usually where they work out all yeah. the, you know, the mechanics and stuff to bring over to multiplayer games, too. Yeah. Wait, how are they? Battlefield? <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't know. That's bad. Okay. Number 30 is Portal. Definitely belongs. Uh huh. I, I mean, that could be a. I don't know. I think it could be right. higher. It could be, yes. But I, th- I think uh, that's pretty good, considering where they put Battlefield 2, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played that one, because I'm scared I'll get sick, but I've heard oh how amazing God. it is from like everybody. It's so good, yeah. Just the humor alone is incredible. Yeah. It's only a, it's only a few hours, too, so like I mean, right. a couple sessions, you should be through it. You can take some Dramamine and play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 29 is Assassin's Creed 2. Nope. Ugh. Which, I... yeah... I, I like that game, but I don't think it's like the 29th gonna, best game ever. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. I would say three or like playing is the best Assassin's Creed. Why it was two there? But no. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't isn't isn't anyways. two considered like? No, Brotherhood is the worst. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't. Well, one and two are both pretty awful. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Twenty-eight Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which. It's definitely better than Grand Theft Auto 3, but right. it's not much of a step up, I would say. Yeah. I it, yeah. it's my favorite like as far as like a set piece goes, is you know, yeah. that they nailed, but right. Uh 27 League of Legends, which I have no bearing on whatsoever, but kind of it is that it's so massive, yeah. Again, that's multiplayer, but it it is such a huge game. Yeah. It almost has to be at this point. You know, it's probably the biggest game in the world, really. (laughs) Yeah. Coming at number 26, Super Mario World, which (laughs) seems low to me. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit on that. That, That's a top tenner. Yeah. Or just outside. I mean, to me, I... Yeah, definitely. It's in the top two Mario games, for sure. You know, has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, number twenty-five, The Last of Us. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't... It's a good game, but... I don't know that it makes top 50 for me. I mean, I think it's good. It's the best zombie-flavored Uncharted game I've played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't want to sell it short because it is it is a great experience, but it didn't. Get, it's a great, compelling story, but gameplay wise, it doesn't do anything to me to really set it apart on this list. Yeah, gameplay definitely not. I, I it's probably one of the best stories ever in a game for sure. Yeah. So I think, for me at least, I think twenty five is eh, probably about right for me. Okay. Uh, 24 is Civilization 4. God, I love those games, but I don't have the time to play those games anymore. Yeah, I do like Civ, so I'm glad that's ended up somewhere around here. Yeah, even if it is a little bit high, I would say. Right. When you're talking top 25 games, but... Uh, 23 is Overwatch, which that seems like it's a little bit too new to be like, okay, this is greatest of all time. But yeah, to be at that level, I mean, I could see it though. It's, I mean, it's, it's Blizzard. Pretty popular. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's 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 got the Blizzard touch. You know, they're the only company outside of Nintendo that can make a game just ridiculously polished and balanced. So I, mean, I can see it. Uh, I'd put. I can see it. I, guess. I mean, I don't know where Diablo Three is landing on this list if it did at all, but I would put that if I was going to pick a Blizzard game above. Overwatch, but we'll find out, I guess. I'm not sure, but that might be the highest rated Blizzard game. Diablo 3 or Overwatch? Overwatch. Yeah. I don't remember. I like but we'll it. We'll see here. I mean, it's, it's real good. Yeah. Uh, 22 is Galaga, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. That was a big deal when that came out. I believe it's <coughs> pronounced Galaga, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh number 21 here's another one that some people say is their greatest of all time that's half-life 2 okay i mean i i could see that i guess it was pretty revolutionary at the time i've never played that it is really good yeah. i just it, i have I a hard time gauging first person shooters on a list like this is it Half-Life 2 that came in the... Orange box? The double pack? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was, the first, it was the first, like, real shooter that had a really engaging story and some cool mechanics other than just shooting, too, right? Yeah, the physics engine was neat. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it is the basis for Portal, so... Yeah. Rolling on to number 20 is Super Metroid, another one that mm. I often see as their number one. Yeah, it seems like that should be higher. I think so too, but at the same time, like I that that style of game has been drudged, like to death at this point. Like, yeah, but that's the pinnacle example, and it did it yeah. ten years, did it twenty years ahead of everybody else. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know that that should diminish what it did, but then yeah, also to, probably not. Gosh, and like how far in the, the dust have we left Super Mario World at this point? 26. Okay, so there So yeah, six, it's six yeah. games better. Yeah. Oh, it's going to get worse for you, but okay. yes. For me or everyone? Oh, uh, everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> number 19, Mass Effect 2. I've never played one of those. 
I own them all. Never opened them. Yeah. I, I love... Three, I think. Three? Yeah. Was it three, I think? Or what's the newest one? Andromeda. Okay, yeah, the one before that I played. Yeah, that'd be three. Yeah, okay. I, we ha- I have the newest one, too, but I just I don't care to play it in game share. <laughs> yeah. And plus, that one's supposed to be awful, so... Yeah. But you can have sex in that one, so there's something. <laughs> you can do it in all of them. But do they show boobies in all of them? Like weird alien uh, boobies? I don't... I don't know if it goes full nude. I don't remember. Um, I know Mass Effect 2 has some weird camera angles, like just constantly on people's asses. Like that weird, like, I'm looking at the guy's <laughs> ass and back of his balls and dick shot. Is that what we're talking about? Like that, <laughs> that, worst, yes. that worst porn shot in all of existence. <laughs> uh, uh, number 18, Counter-Strike. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I guess. It I does. was never into that scene, but... Well, I have friends who were just addicted to do it. Yeah, I didn't get into it either, but I can understand it. That's a Half-Life mod, too, yeah. right? Like, the original Half-Life engine? Oh. counter Yeah, I mean, they are probably... Yeah. I think that's how it started Yeah, you're out. right, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. So it's yeah. weird how all oh. these, like, Valve games making lists all tie into each other off of, like, their engines. <laughs> the, the same thing, right. yeah. Number 17 is Diablo 2. Okay. Right. Yeah. That was a phenomenon for many, many years. Yeah. I mean, you could obviously say that Diablo 3 is better, but I think Diablo 2 had bigger impact, right? I think Diablo yeah. 3 is more playable in today's like gaming culture, but yeah, Diablo 2 was at the time. And it still is a great game. Yeah. It's big. That was back when LAN parties were a thing before internet gaming kids. <laughs> Number 16 is Chrono Trigger. It's probably about right. I don't know. I never, I'm not an RPG guy, so I'll have to defer to you, but <clears throat> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that's probably about where I'd put it, right around there. I definitely probably would not take make my top ten. But uh number fifteen is Bioshock. Okay. Yeah, that was I, I mean I don't know that it deserves to be this far up the list. <clears throat> but it definitely deserves to be in the top 100. I mean, that was a phenomenal experience. I mean, it's still one of the best, most interesting experiences. I mean, it sucks that the sequel wasn't great, but yeah, that was mind blowing back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Just the, just the amount of kind of the, like the different types of gameplay to it too, you know? Yeah. But if 15 is where it's at. Yeah, that seems a little high, but yeah, I think that, does I don't even know if that's top forty. Personally, yeah, I could say I could see like top thirty, for, but, but yeah, that seems a little high for me. Um, fourteen Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, maybe, but zero sh- shits given right here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, it, it is the defining talk- game that kicked off a genre, right? I mean. Yeah. Really. If you're going to put a fighting game in there, it pretty much has to be that, right? Right. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Urban Champion should have been there. <laughs> Let me check. Nope, not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> 
13 is Doom. Okay. Yeah. Original, not 2016 Doom, I take yep. it? Okay. Yep, 1993 Doom. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12 is Minecraft. Fuck. Oof. <laughs> uh. <laughs> We're starting to sway into that a little bit. Uh, I think that's an age thing, though. Like, I mean... As a we, unstoppable phenomenon, yes. But I mean, yeah. it's just Lego. It's just video Legos, right? I mean, I probably wouldn't put it that high, but I think it would definitely be in the top. You know, one hundred and fifty, hundred. Yeah, like it's such a huge place for that game too. Like just. When that came out, nothing really compared. I don't know. Yeah, I played a ton of it. I mean, yeah. it, there just wasn't that type of game that was like, oh, crafting and building and, you know, all that stuff that just, it's so commonplace now that it just, it didn't exist really then. Especially we, without like all the guides and stuff too. That was a big yeah. deal. I think we probably got months into it, if not <laughs> yeah. more. Like, I wouldn't put it that high, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11 is Miss Pac-Man. Good. Yep. Yeah. I think that is probably the number one arcade game that needs to be on here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're in the top 10. and <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like the sound of that. Hopefully, Orion makes it all the way through before like, like just hanging up at some point. But we'll start off with a bang here. Number 10 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Fuck that! (laughs) I mean, it is a good game, but... I love that game. I don't think I'd put it in my top 10. I don't think it's in my top 10, but the more I think about it, the more it climbs up the list in my, my mind. But 10 is pretty tall. (laughs) See, I had so much fun just playing Gwent, even. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I probably have more time in the game playing Gwent than I do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even playing the game. (laughs) Now that I think about it, the game inside a game. No, I don't know. I would not put it in my top 10, but it's definitely. A great game. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then number nine, just barely beating it out, is pretty much the. Something Are you going to say Skyrim? Are you going to say Skyrim right yeah. now? Yes, yes, I am. Oh. That that would be Skyrim. I do think Skyrim is better than Witcher 3. Yep. I don't think it should be. These are not top, top 10, 10 games. No. This is it all time. It would probably be. I don't know, maybe mid-20s? I don't know. Yeah, that's probably where I'd put it, too. Skyrim is so amazing. And it came out on last gen. Like, <laughs> it looked great on last gen. I don't know. Oh. Mm. I shouldn't know. But okay, let's go. <laughs> I wouldn't put it that high, though. No, no, definitely not. Uh, number eight? Red Dead Redemption. Mm-mm, no. 
no. No. No. God damn it. I think it. that's my favorite Rockstar game, but still, I don't know if I'd put it in the top ten. No, the, yeah, absolutely. It does not belong in the top ten. It's a great game, but it's not top ten greatest games of all time. No, absolutely not. Okay. What's next? <laughs> I don't know if I want to keep going. I, I, I don't like it when you're of, angry it's here. It's going to be a lot of RPGs, isn't it? I'm going to get really mad here. Like... No, no, this is one that made me angry. But... Okay, let's go. Number seven, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. No! <laughs> no! No. I mean, if it would have been Black Ops 1, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not to number one yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I would not put that there. Even MW2 would be higher than the first Modern Warfare. No Call of Duty. That, again, it's mainly for the multiplayer. I'm sure that that's considered a top game yeah. and shouldn't be in there. I mean, the things that it was revolutionary for definitely were, you know, like the multiplayer progression and all that stuff. Like, that's great, but I don't see it as like, oh, this shaped the industry no. In such a way that it needs to be it in the top ten. It funneled them know? down a fucking <laughs> awful path that, like, made yeah. everyone have to put out regurgitated first-person shooter bullshit. Like, it derailed the industry hardcore. But does this deserve to be top ten? No. No. <laughs> uh, what number was that? Good. Seven? Number seven, Fuck yes. That. God damn it. <laughs> Seventh greatest game of all time, Call of Duty. That yeah, wow. I took seven shits this morning that were better than that Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree. Just just saying. <laughs> you didn't see the shits. I'll send you pictures later. Oh no, but I know who it came from. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can already imagine that it just smells awful. So it's not the smell. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Six. The quality of the shit. The quality of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Runny. Number six is Final Fantasy VI. Which is, sure. I have no bearing yeah, on uh, that. I suppose the Final Fantasy yeah. game has to make it, so sure. Yeah, that that's that's fine with me. I don't know if it should be that high, but maybe in the top 15, sure. Uh, number five is World of Warcraft. Okay. Probably definitely belongs in the top five. I think you have to. Again, that's multiplayer mainly, but I think that just... I will say... How much behind that game? I don't think five is the right spot. I would put that at like ten. No. I, I think it makes top ten, but I think it's on the outskirts just because of like what Justin's saying is like when you have a game that's solely dependent on multiplayer for the most part, that changes. Yeah. I mean... The, it's hard to gauge that because like experiences will vary wildly, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it should be high on the list. I'm fine with that. I wish it was a little lower, but it's good. I mean, if, if it was based off the story, I suppose, but how many people play that game for the story? Well, I suppose <laughs> there's quite, quite a few. Well, you actually. do for a while and then you're like, I can't keep up with all this weird shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the story and the lore and stuff behind it, like, I can understand it being higher, but it's, it's multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Like, how do you gauge like if you have fun in a game in a, like that? Is it because of the people around you and the experiences that they give you, or is it because of 
what the game is giving, you know, dishing out. It's the experience. I mean, I can give you nine other people that would not be fun to play that with and you would have a horrible time. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to, yeah. And that's the whole thing is like, I was just going to say is like, it is absolutely those experiences because it's not repeatable. I can't go back and enjoy it in the same fashion that I would, you know, when Justin and I first got addicted to it. It, it just wouldn't be the same. You could if you joined us. I'm not, let's not, let's not get into this right now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it, like you said, dude, different people, completely different outcomes and enjoyment levels. Yeah, I mean, if you're the person who's playing World of Warcraft to run through that by yourself, like you are not probably the person who's going to put this on the list this high. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, the the feeling you get when you finally defeat the boss in a raid that you struggled on gives you a lot of reward. I guess, you know, you, you feel good about it and you want to put this game up higher, but I, I can't. It shouldn't be that high. Until somebody ninjas the drop that just came from the boss who struggled to beat and runs out of that party. <laughs> yeah. Or your rogue falls asleep. For a lock picking. <laughs> so what's four? Number four is Grand Theft Auto Five. I I dislike the repetition in Grand Theft Autos in the top fifty already, like top fifty one. Yeah, I, I I have to agree too, and I I get that it's like the most impressive game that Rockstar has put out, so it's got to be the highest. But at the same time, I don't know, like it's diminishing returns for me at least. I don't. I mean, I can't look. I would say there's very few experiences that I've had in the last several years that engaged me that much and were that immersive like i i mean i can see it four seems it's slightly high but yeah i can't really complain too much it's i'm just glad that it's above the other grand theft autos (laughs) (laughs) like if vice city was going to be the top one i was gonna be angry (laughs) yeah i i guess that's kind of the way i look at it like a rockstar game probably belongs in the top 10 Right, so it's like right. which one? You but know? don't we already have our yeah. fucking red? Dead, yeah, there's two red of them. Dipshit in here. <laughs> Not that I, I don't know why I'm picking on that game. It's a great game. But okay. Well, I'm curious for the next three because this seems like a scary fucking slope that we're climbing up. But I don't know. Top top three are are, are okay. Um, number three is Tetris. And I mean, it's it's a very important game, <laughs> but it's also Tetris. It probably, right? It probably belongs there, but <laughs> it's also Tetris. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I'll just yeah. That's always the game. Like when you talk about like the greatest games of all time, like what what does that mean? Like does it mean like historically you know relevant? Because Tetris certainly belongs there then. Yeah, th- this one it kind of does fit the bill because like historically relevant, endlessly playable, and just good. I guess it kind of nails all of it. So yeah, I guess I see it. And approachable, like yeah, there's a lot of older people playing Tetris for sure, like us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is Super Mario Brothers three. Okay. I prefer World, I think. I like 3 better. But that's that's nostalgia driven though. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the same for me. Like I don't I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but I had Mario 3, so like I liked Mario 3 better, but when you play them back to back like even given the time difference and like the graphics difference, like I think Mario World is designed better. I had never played World until I think that's the one that we played at your house on that. Yeah, you had never played it until you were 30 I never something years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can even say it's designed. I mean, level design maybe, but I mean, because I've been playing a lot of Mario Brothers 3 again because my kids are playing it in their arcade cabinet. And there's a lot of, like, when you don't skip worlds and you really go through, like, they did some pretty amazing stuff. I mean, there's some really good, like, good levels that i forgot about mario 3 where like you it's almost like a puzzle you drop in you have to avoid getting hit power up enough to get the leaf to get a tail and then like fly your way out i mean there's some pretty inventive things that like laid the foundation work to super mario world that i think were almost as clever as his world um i'm appreciating it more now going back and playing through all these levels that i forgot about because you know you just warp whistle everywhere yeah um, true so I don't know. They, they're yeah. I, I mean, I think they could be interchangeable. It makes no sense to me that you have one so much further down the list than the other one because they should be almost. I mean, they should be neck and neck. They should both be in the top ten. I mean, just flat out. Yeah, that's that's my thought too. Like, uh, depending on the day, I could go back and forth on those. And yeah, one when one is number two and the other one's twenty six. Yeah, we can like, get three Grand Theft Autos in here, but we can't get. Two Super Mario worlds, <laughs> yeah. two Super Mario games in the top ten. I don't get it. Yeah, we have. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And how have we not had? How have we not had any other Zelda games between fifty and now, other than Ocarina? That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. True. Yeah. Is number yeah. one Donkey Kong Jungle Beat? <laughs> no, it was a uh, Donkey Konga two. Oh, okay. sorry. Good. <laughs> any guesses at number one serious guesses i mean hopefully linked to the past um yep got it okay good yeah link to the past is number one i never got into zelda <laughs> i <laughs> just died a little inside here and go hmm, to zelda <laughs> um i'm a little um irate that we can put Call of Duty's fucking Red Deads and all these Grand Theft Autos, but Breath of the Wild doesn't even crack the top 50. Do you want to know where that is? I'm afraid, but where? Number 100. Fuck Game Informer. Do you know what number 99 is? What? Do they- Mass Effect 3. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, the one that got shit who, on. Who did this list? Like, did they just not know anything about games they isn't breath of the wild like they all the highest in. one of the highest rated games on metacritic of all time i think so yeah and besides the rating which doesn't mean jack shit one of the greatest fucking gaming experiences of all time i mean that's yeah mm. I, number 99 number 97 madden nfl 2004 no <laughs> really <laughs> I can appreciate that Why one. Y04, <laughs> too. No, any of these are awful. That's kind of weird. Why? I wonder why 04, yeah. Are they just trying to get GameStop shut down? Was that the object of this? 
Now we Metal Gear Solid was ninety two. That's fucking complete bullshit. Yeah. I, you know, now I don't question why they can't pick up fake carts when they take them in. Like, they're retarded. <laughs> so, it's, it's evident by this list. I agree with their number one choice. I think that's a... I, I isn't... Doesn't everyone also consider, like, Final Fantasy VII one of the greatest games of all time, and that didn't make it to the top 50? Um, In the last probably, like, 15 years, I'd say, there's been a kind of a harsh backlash to that. And they're like, no, 6 is better. Okay. But then the real snobby people are like, six meaning three, or three meaning six, or... You know, well, the real snobby people are like, no, eight's the best. <laughs> mm. Crystal Chronicles yeah. is the best. <laughs> Alright, the real question is now, where did Black Ops 1 end up? Uh, That's a better game than 4. I, yeah, I it think is. so too, for sure. I'm not a Call of Duty guy, and I like that one a lot. I don't think it was in here. The story on that one is actually great. How was there not yep, a Halo? How was there not a Halo too in the top fifty? How did the first Halo Combat Evolved not make that? Yeah, exactly. And that was. I mean, it's still a fantastic game. Where did Halo land? Did it? Uh, Halo Two is one ten. Halo Two is not even as good as the first one, though. Yeah. I might be missing it in front, but yeah, I don't see it. Well, that was a fun nightmare of a list. <laughs> can we go back to normal fail bags after this? <laughs> I don't think my blood pressure I can take enjoyed this. Another one. <laughs> you know, actually, you know what? Let's do next time. Uh, the, one of the my favorite lists that I really appreciated, if it's still available, I think it is, is um, one up. Like as they were getting shut down, that did the top 100 greatest games of all time. Yep. So let's let's make that fail bag an upcoming episode and do like the top something out of that. And compare compared yeah. to this. Because yeah. I remember being a lot less irritated. Like that was a very well thought out list. <clears throat> yeah. But then again, that website was sort of a voice of reason in the industry too. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they actually took into account a lot of things. We're like a lot of this it seems like it's just fresher in our minds, right? You know, like I don't know. Witcher Witcher 3 is great, but like I, I think it's because it's so fresh in people's minds. It sounds yeah. like a bunch of like 12-year-olds or like kids who are working on their college internship were tasked <laughs> with this, is how I feel like this went down. I would say it's probably, you know, mid to early 20s. <laughs> yeah, because there's very little appreciation like, yeah. for anything that didn't come out in the last five years. Yeah, it's true. Like, well, we gotta get some, you know... Arcade stuff in there. What were big arcade games? Galaga, Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> I think my grandpa used to talk about Robotron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Bloodborne. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, right. I can't believe that was in there. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. To that me. high, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of games that. This shouldn't have been what they were. I don't know. Well, we probably ran this thing on long enough. Justin, do you want to want to wrap this baby up? Sure. So, I'm going to just open up this page and cut this all out right here. I don't want to get it wrong. Alright, and so you can find everything weekend rental at 
www.weekendpodcast.com. Um, on there, you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, you can also send any you know questions, comments, concerns, complaints, um, awkward pictures to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll address them on the next episode. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. And as always, be kind, rewind. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.